Hello, and welcome back, middle managers, to another episode of the Middling Manager Hub podcast. I'm your host, Steve Westover, and today we're looking into a topic that is both challenging and necessary in the realm of workplace dynamics, employee discipline. Discipline in the workplace isn't about exerting control or wielding power. It's about fostering a culture of respect, accountability, and growth. It's about creating an environment where both employees and management can thrive, where productivity flourishes, and where conflicts are addressed constructively. In this episode, we're going to explore the nuances of effective employee discipline, unpacking nine essential steps to navigate disciplinary actions with fairness, consistency, and professionalism. From understanding the legal landscape to establishing clear guidelines and fostering a proactive approach to employee feedback, we'll equip you with the insights and strategies to handle disciplinary matters with confidence and compassion. So find a comfy seat, grab your headphones, and let's get going. To begin, we've outlined nine effective steps to ensure that discipline in the workplace is not about punishment, but about creating a safe and harmonious environment for all employees and managers alike. So let's break down these steps and explore why they are essential. One, know what the laws say about employee discipline. Understanding the legal landscape surrounding employee discipline is crucial. While federal laws provide certain guidelines, employers have flexibility in choosing their approach. However, it's imperative to be aware of laws related to termination, discrimination, and employment rights. Oftentimes, there are misunderstandings about what it means to be an at-will state or at-will employer. Doesn't mean you can fire anyone for any reason. So be aware of those legal ramifications and do the research and talk to your HR department. They will understand these roles very clearly. Two, establish clear rules for employees. Clarity in employment policies is paramount. From employment at will clauses to dress codes and behavioral expectations, ensuring that employees understand what is acceptable behavior, avoid vague language, such as a dress code that says appropriate dress. That can mean so many different things to different people, and holding someone accountable to what your definition of appropriate dress is could be very problematic. Three, establish clear rules for your managers. Consistency in disciplinary procedures across all levels of management is essential. All managers must adhere to established policies to avoid legal pitfalls and ensure fairness among employees. Four, decide what discipline method you will use whether it's progressive discipline, training and performance improvement plans, or reassignment, suspension. Having a clear method for addressing disciplinary issues is necessary. Each approach has its merits and should be tailored to the organization's needs. Five, document employee discipline in the workplace. Documentation is key to protecting the organization and providing a clear record of disciplinary actions taken. Both employee files and written warnings should be meticulously maintained to mitigate legal risks. Keep a running log of significant events that may lead towards discipline. Again, the more documentation, the better. Six, be proactive by using employee reviews. Regular performance reviews offer an opportunity to address disciplinary issues constructively. Providing feedback and setting clear expectations can help employees improve and grow professionally. Get the right mindset. Employee discipline should not be viewed as punishment, but as an opportunity for growth and improvement. 
Managers should adopt a constructive mindset focused on helping employees succeed. If you're disciplining in anger, it's probably time to take a step back and evaluate it a little more carefully. Eight, stop focusing on productivity as your ultimate measure. While productivity is important, it should not overshadow the need for addressing behavioral issues and maintaining a positive work environment. How many times have we had high achievers, high performers have the worst attitudes? We cannot abide the bad attitudes and the negative influence on the team simply because they produce well. Nine, follow your own guidelines. This seems pretty obvious, but consistency and adherence to established policies are critical. Managers must lead by example and ensure that disciplinary procedures are followed uniformly. Effective employee discipline is about creating a safe, respectful, and productive workplace environment for everyone. So now that we have the general outline for things to look for and things to avoid, let's be a little more precise because it's paramount for managers to navigate the complexities of disciplinary actions effectively. So we're going to review just a couple of the most common laws that managers should be aware of. One, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title VII prohibits discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin in all aspects of employment. This law applies to employers with 15 or more employees and covers hiring, firing, promotions, and other terms and conditions of employment. And even though some categories may not be covered by this act, such as sexual orientation, we should always be aware and cognizant of how this could impact our team and be open and welcoming to everyone, treating everyone fairly. Two, the Age Discrimination in Employment Act, the ADEA. ADEA protects individuals who are 40 years of age or older from employment discrimination based on age. It applies to employers with 20 or more employees and covers hiring, firing, promotions, wages, and benefits. So again, as many of us will have individuals on our teams over the age of 40, doesn't mean that we can't discipline them when needed, but please make sure that you're documenting and that you're documenting disciplinary actions, behaviors, production that is fair. Three, the American with Disabilities Act. The ADA prohibits discrimination against qualified individuals with disabilities in all aspects of employment, including hiring, firing, job assignments, promotions, and compensation. It also requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations to qualify individuals with disabilities. If you have an individual who requires reasonable accommodations, you're not doing them a favor by accommodating. It's required by law and just makes you a good person in general anyway. Four, the Family and Medical Leave Act. FMLA provides eligible employees with up to 12 weeks of unpaid job protected leave for specific family and medical reasons. Employers covered by FMLA must grant employee-eligible employees leave for qualifying reasons and maintain their health benefits during the leave period. Five, it establishes minimum wage, overtime pay, record-keeping, and youth employment standards for employees in the private and public sectors. It's crucial for managers to ensure compliance with FLSA regulations regarding minimum wage rates, overtime pay, and classification of employees as exempt or non-exempt. Six, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, OSHA. OSHA requires employers to provide a safe and healthy work environment for their employees. 
Managers must ensure compliance with OSHA regulations, maintain records of workplace injuries and illnesses, and address safety concerns promptly. 7. National Labor Relations Act, NLRA. It protects the rights of employees to engage in collective bargaining and concerted activities for mutual aid and protection. It prohibits employers from interfering with employees' rights to organize, form unions, and engage in collective bargaining. And 8. The Equal Pay Act. EPA prohibits wage discrimination based on sex for equal work performed under similar working conditions. It requires employers to provide equal pay for equal work, regardless of gender. Understanding and complying with these laws is essential for managers to avoid legal pitfalls, maintain a fair and equitable workplace, and protect the rights of employees. Establishing clear rules for managers regarding disciplinary procedures is critical for maintaining consistency, fairness, and legal compliance within an organization. So here's a look at how that might be implemented in a workplace or with a team. One, develop comprehensive disciplinary policies. Part one of that, collaborative development. HR professionals, legal advisors, and management collaborate to develop comprehensive disciplinary policies. These policies should align with local employment laws and regulations while reflecting the organization's values and culture. Part two, written documentation. The disciplinary policy should be documented in the employee handbook, ensuring accessibility to all managers and employees. The handbook should clearly outline the procedures for addressing various types of misconduct, including steps for verbal warnings, written warnings, performance improvement plans, and termination. Two, manager training and education, part one, training programs. Implement regular training programs to educate managers to the organization's disciplinary policies, legal requirements, and best practices for handling disciplinary issues. These programs can be conducted by HR professionals, legal advisors, or external consultants. But just because it's written down doesn't mean a manager is going to know how to do it. And if you have questions, be sure to ask an expert on how you should proceed. Part two, role-playing exercises. Conduct role-playing exercises to simulate real-world disciplinary scenarios and equip managers with practical skills for effective communication, conflict resolution, and decision-making. Three, consistent application of policies. If we do one thing, if we are consistent in how we discipline employees and we do it for the right reason, the majority of problems will go away. Part one, policy review sessions. Hold regular review sessions to ensure that all managers fully understand and adhere to the organization's disciplinary policies. These sessions provide opportunities for clarification, discussion of case studies, and reinforcement of key principles. If, as a manager, you are seeing that this is not happening, request it. Ask HR. They want to make sure that this gets done correctly as well. And part two of that, documented procedures. Managers should follow documented procedures for initiating and documenting disciplinary actions, including completing necessary forms, obtaining appropriate approvals, and and maintaining accurate records. So in one sense, it's important for the organization to protect itself with these policies. And it's just as important for the individual manager to protect themselves by following those documented procedures and policies. Four, accountability and oversight. Part one, Monitoring and evaluation. Implement mechanisms for monitoring and evaluating the implementation of of disciplinary policies across different teams and departments. 
HR personnel or designated compliance officers can conduct periodic audits to ensure consistency and fairness. And then two, create performance metrics. Establish performance metrics to track key indicators related to disciplinary actions, such as the frequency of warnings issued, time taken to resolve disciplinary issues, and employee satisfaction with the process. Five, continuous improvement. Part one, we need feedback mechanisms. Encourage managers to provide feedback on the effectiveness of existing disciplinary policies and procedures. Solicit input from employees through surveys, focus groups, or anonymous suggestion boxes to identify areas for improvement. And part two of that, allow for flexibility and adaptability. Recognize that disciplinary policies may need to be revised or updated periodically to address emerging issues, changes in legal requirements, or feedback from stakeholders. Foster a culture of continuous improvement and agility in responding to evolving workplace dynamics. By establishing clear rules for managers regarding disciplinary procedures and providing adequate training, support, and oversight, organizations can promote consistency, fairness, and legal compliance in managing disciplinary issues. If, as a manager, you're not seeing that level of definition or oversight or understandable procedures, make sure you ask for it and make sure you follow up with HR to get their guidance and make sure you document that as well. This not only mitigates legal risks, but also contributes to a positive work environment characterized by transparency, accountability, and trust. Next, we're going to look a little more in depth at documenting employee discipline in the workplace, because it's not just a best practice. It's a fundamental aspect of maintaining transparency. So let's take a deeper dive into the crucial process with two real world examples. Example one written warning for an attendance issue. Scenario. Sarah, a team member in marketing agency, has been consistently late to work and has exceeded the allowed number of absences without prior approval. So let's review the documentation process we might follow. One, initial verbal warning. Sarah's manager, John, schedules a private meeting with her to discuss her attendance issues. During the meeting, John communicates the importance of punctuality and adherence to the company's attendance policy. Although this verbal warning is not officially documented, it sets the foundation for subsequent disciplinary actions. Two, written warning. After Sarah's attendance issues persist, despite the verbal warning, John decides to issue a written warning. The written warning document outlines the specific instances of tardiness and unauthorized absences along with the consequences of continued non-compliance. It also includes a plan of action for improvement and a timeline for review. Make note of the dates, make note of the times, be as specific as possible. Three, employee acknowledgement. Sarah is required to sign the written warning document to acknowledge receipt and understanding of its contents. A copy of the written warning is placed in Sarah's employee file for future reference. And four, follow up and monitoring. Following the issuance of the written warning, John regularly monitors Sarah's attendance and provides feedback and support as needed. Clear documentation for any improvements or further infractions is maintained in Sarah's employee file. So keeping these things written, keeping them accessible for you to review, but also for your employee to review. And of course, it's important to apply these standards uniformly across your employees. 
if both Sarah and James have the same attendance issue, it would be wrong to hold Sarah accountable. Example two, a performance improvement plan or PIP for substandard work. David is a sales representative in a retail company and has consistently failed to meet high sales targets and has received numerous customer complaints about his service. So let's look at how we might document. One, performance evaluation meeting. David's supervisor, Emily, conducts a performance evaluation meeting to discuss his substandard work performance. During the meeting, Emily provides specific examples of David's shortcomings and outlines the expectations for improvement. Two, performance improvement plan. Based on the performance evaluation meeting, Emily develops a comprehensive performance improvement plan, or PIP, for David. The PIP includes clear and measurable goals, timelines for achievement, as well as resources and support available to David to facilitate improvement. Three, written documentation of the PIP. The details of the PIP, including expectations, timelines, and support mechanisms are documented in writing and shared with David. He's encouraged to ask questions and seek clarification about the PIP to ensure mutual understanding. Four, regular check-ins and progress reviews against the goals outlined in the PIP. These check-ins provide opportunities for feedback, coaching, and adjustments of strategies if necessary. And five, final evaluation and decision. At the end of the PIP, Emily evaluates David's performance against the agreed upon goals. Based on the outcome of the evaluation, a decision is made regarding further steps, which may include continuation of the PIP, modification of performance expectations, or other disciplinary actions. In both examples, clear and thorough documentation of disciplinary actions, whether in the form of written warnings or performance improvement plans, is essential. This documentation serves as a record of the organization's efforts to address employee issues, protects the organization in the event of a legal dispute, and promotes fairness and consistency in the application of disciplinary measures. By meticulously maintaining employee files and written records of disciplinary actions, organizations can mitigate legal risks and foster a culture of accountability. And As we wind down for today's episode, taking this high-level overview of employee discipline, let's remember that effective employee discipline is a cornerstone of fostering a healthy and productive work environment. By implementing clear rules, consistent procedures, and thorough documentation, organizations and teams and you as a manager can mitigate legal risks, promote fairness, and uphold accountability across all levels of management. Throughout this episode, we've explored the importance of understanding the legal requirements, establishing comprehensive disciplinary policy, and becoming aware ourselves of the necessary training and support that we need to navigate disciplinary issues effectively. We've also emphasized the significance of accountability, continuous improvement, and a culture of transparency in fostering a positive work environment. As managers and leaders, it's essential to recognize that employee discipline is not about punishment, but about promoting growth, addressing concerns, and maintaining organizational integrity. By adhering to best practices and leveraging the insights shared in this episode, we can create workplaces where employees feel valued, respected, and empowered to contribute to their fullest potential. So as you set forth to make sure that you hold to to move the team forward, be open and transparent and honest with your employees. They'll be able to tell if you're doing it for the reasons of really trying to help them improve 
trying to stop a problem that may be occurring, that if you really have their best intentions in mind, they're going to take things more seriously. On the other hand, if they view this as just you going through steps to get rid of them, things are less likely to work out very well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Middling Manager Hub podcast. I hope you found the discussion on employee discipline insightful and actionable. And while I know we were only able to scratch the surface of this topic, we will look at other details later on in other episodes. As you navigate the complexities of managing teams and fostering a positive work environment, remember that effective discipline is not just about addressing issues. It's about nurturing growth, fostering accountability, and upholding the values of fairness and transparency. I encourage you to reflect on the key takeaways from today's episode and consider how you can apply them to your own managerial practices. Whether it's establishing clear rules, documenting disciplinary actions, or fostering a culture of continuous improvement, every step you take contributes to creating a workplace where everyone can thrive. Stay tuned for more management and leadership discussions in our upcoming episodes. Until next time, continue leading with purpose, empathy, and a commitment to the empowered workforce of tomorrow. Thank you.